it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right, Bigfoot Society, I've got the privilege of talking to Mr. Bitsquatch today. How are we doing, sir? Great, Mr. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it sounds even cooler, you know, you put a Mr. in front of it. But uh, this is going to be, I've been excited for this interview for a long time. uh, Just because, you know, I saw your your account on Instagram, Bitsquatch. uh, And I'm calling this individual Bitsquatch because, you know, for certain reasons, we're not wanting the, you know, the um, the actual name of the individual known, which is perfectly fine, and I respect that. It kind of gives a little mystery to it, which is good too. But um, you know, I saw your Instagram account, which of course is Bitsquatch, and just the photos or you know the artwork that you're you're seeing on there, and if people are on YouTube, you can see uh, Bitsquatch has one of his profile for his profile picture he has one of his artworks up and it's man when i first saw it it blew me away i was like how is this even possible and where is this going and we need i need to talk to this guy about it no matter who he is i need to have the this discussion because i think it's going to become very important for us to realize what we're up against and where we could be going. So, uh, Bitsquatch, take a few minutes and you know fill in, fill in the cracks with what the listeners need to know about yourself before we get into it. Okay. Well, I, I grew up and currently reside in the uh, Gulf Coast. I my my real job is like a digital media professional. But as a child of the early seventies, you know, I was exposed to things that uh, most people talk about in search of. Um, mm. Thank God I never saw Legend of Boggy Creek. I think that would have freaked me out big time. But uh, <laughs> two, two things happened in the early 70s. I was maybe five years old. One was, and they were both relatively close by, uh, in Pascagoula, Mississippi, these mm. two fishermen uh, went on the news and claimed to have been abducted by a UFO. <laughs> and it was like, this became a international story. And these guys said so they went on the ship. Uh, they... They were, you know, the usual things happened to them. And after after this incident, they went to the police. They were totally freaked out. And then they went to the media. And then uh, just recently, I Googled the story. And, and one of the guys is still alive and, and recently came back out and said, you know, this really happened. I stand by oh, wow. my story. Well, anyway, th- this was a huge flap. And, it, and it was just, as a kid, it was just sort of like amazing. Mm. And then right around the same time, uh the Honey Island Swamp Monster story kind of broke. The Honey Island Swamp is east of New Orleans. It's right in the Pearl River Basin. And it's a, a swamp that's kind of adjacent to suburban uh, suburban part of, of, of New Orleans, more or less, what it is today. And this guy, Harlan Ford, claims he saw this creature. And at the time, in the early 70s, he had a, he had a footprint cast. And him and another guy, he was a, he was a hunter. And these guys, they live out in the, kind of like in the movies, they live out in a, in a shack in the woods, in the swamps. Right, right. And this story became another huge international story. 
And so just as a child, I was like, wow, all this stuff's going on. And then I think his granddaughter, Dana Holyfield, is still kind of nurturing the Honey Island Swamp yes, yes. story today. But um, and then I didn't really think about Bigfoot or whatever until about 20 years ago. And I'm sure you know this story. I was watching one of these cable shows. It was like 2002. Okay. And I saw Jimmy Chilcutt on. Uh, and he was talking about the dermal ridges yep. in the footprint casts. And this guy, his, his expertise is in uh, primate footprints. He's a fingerprint guy for the feds. He does, uh, you know, he works for the uh, sheriff department or something. And he's a very credible guy. Oh, yeah. He was looking at these casts and he noticed that the ridges go one way and only, you know, only primatologist geeks know this and they were accurate. If, if it was a primate, the, the way these dermal ridges looked would have been accurate for a, for some sort of primate monkey. So anyway, that really intrigued me. Like, wait a second, like, this is, this is cool. And so that kind of started my modern day sort of obsession or just, you know, uh, interest in Bigfoot. Okay. I, I'm just sort of an enthusiast more than anything else. I don't really go out and do research or anything like that. Just I just try to keep up with the subject. So I think that's in, that's important info to know that you know this isn't just an account where it's some some random dude who's like, hey, I'm, I'm Bigfoot's hot right now. Let me let me uh, combine two things and and see what I can do. Like this is a individual where you know you've you've grown up interested in. Uh, the different, you know, cryptid uh, UFO things. And also, you know, it's kind of been a, a part of your life all along, which is is very, very interesting. I think it puts another a spin on it. But um, we're here to talk, you know, about specifically uh, your account, BitSquatch, is you, it's making AI or artificial intelligence created uh, Bigfoot artwork. Is that the easiest way to explain yes. what's going on here <laughs> there's this new set of tools where they're called like text to image tools or image generator tools where you describe what you want to see almost like tech it's like texting a robot and then the robot comes back and and makes a very compelling image and apparently and it's using artificial intelligence and there's mm. a number of these uh products uh, programs there's Dolly is one of them. One of them is yep. called Mid Journey. Another one's called Stable Diffusion. But what's what it's actually done is it apparently, and I'm, I, I don't claim to be an expert on how these things work, but I, I, I just use the tools. But they've like sucked in or, or, or processed all the images on the internet, and they yeah. have some. The intelligence has some capability of understanding what the images are about, and what makes up those images. So then, when you describe what you want, it uses this the artificial intelligence to create an image based on all images on the internet, which is kind of insane. And then this it throws is Terminator it right stuff, dude. It's Terminator stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, that's what's so you know interesting and addictive about the text to AI tools is you, you get something back very quickly. Yeah. And it's sort of like you it, usually in an under a minute, you get a, an image back and you can, you can so the better you are at describing something, and you and you kind of just iterative process where you keep refining your description, and that's called prompts. So there's there's a whole thing called prompt crafting where you where you massage the text and the order mm -hmm. of the words and exactly what you say it dictates what the thing is going to show. And interestingly, although I'm not doing too much of it, it it, it understands art, it understands photography. You yeah. could say Picasso painting of a Volkswagen bug and, and you'll get something back that looks pretty damn good. Uh, and you can just kind of go from there. You can mix up all kinds of different, um, you can kind of smash together different visual concepts. You know, what I'm trying to do is just sort of visualize, you know, some of these classic Bigfoot type stories and some of the legends and the, the, uh, kind of the, you know, the greatest hits, so to speak, if you've been following this subject. And then I'm kind of riffing on, just pop culture, Bigfoot is this great symbol. You know, people project onto it what they want. And so it can kind of, it's a stand-in for like, you know, the human condition or whatever. And so you can, some of the images are just sort of uh, open-ended statements of what is he doing? You know, you're, just, you're supposed to, it's not supposed to be real. He's in a shopping mall parking lot. He's right. Yeah. Person, Which, you know. 
I like like half of your stuff is is that which is really cool. It's like Bigfoot in a you know a subway station, or you also take like you were saying. Um, there's a there's a series you did where it's like you know the rock apes, the story of the rock apes, and you have yes. uh, soldiers in there too, which is really cool. I think you had dedicated that to Lauren Coleman, right? Yeah, I I you know kind of when I was getting back into it in the early days of the internet. Lauren and Craig Woolheater were doing that Crypto Mundo website, which was a blog. Yes. And at the time, uh, th- those, those posts aren't up anymore, but Lauren was posting really in-depth content almost every day. It was just amazing. And it was sort of a schooling really? on the whole field of cryptozoology, because Lauren, of course, is an expert. And then quite a bit of it is about Bigfoot sightings. And that's where I first read about the rock apes. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, okay. what the hell? Yeah. You know, Vietnam vets claim to have interacted with uh, apes or monkeys that threw rocks at them in the jungle. That's basically what, and I've never, I had never heard of that. Of course, there's no pictures of that. There's no nothing. So once I started putting some of these images together, I said, well, let me, let me try to do some renderings of the, of what, you know, a rock ape kind of situation would look like. So I have a few of those in there. AI art is very interesting. There's some really, really uh, people are, are they have opinions about it on either side for sure. And we're not going to really get into that, but it, it's it's wild because there's even an economy that's starting to come out of this where you can find websites where you can pay someone for the prompts that they are using <laughs> to create certain art, which is mind blowing. So if there's someone out there that is like super into this, you could literally figure out how to make different types of artwork and sell your prompts. That's a, that's a totally other Gary V conversation as well. But <laughs> so I don't want to, you know, I've tried to make Bigfoot in Dolly in the past and my Bigfoot did not look like your Bigfoot bits. Right. Like yours yeah, you have to put, you have to put some time above. in. I know. And it's, it, and it's funny when I first started doing this and I was rendering, I, this is one of the first mess you, you would message me. Yeah. I was going to send some messages to the various uh, names in Bigfoot, you know, who do podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff to say, Hey, be on the, be on the lookout because it'd be pretty easy to fake an image. And then all my images are obviously yes. contrived. I, I put I put a watermark on it so no one it's clearly not supposed to be real. But if you wanted so to smart. trail cam images, for instance, are very easy to create. Oh and, my and goodness, yeah. Blurry. I've never posted one, but I, the few I did were like, wow, that that could definitely pass as the real thing. So um, this is coming where we're going to have to sort out the difference between, you know, uh, real images and sort of fake images mm-hmm. uh, but th- these tools have only really kind of exploded in the last maybe 30 two months 30 days they've really just sort of taken off so it's it's brand new and it's even since i've been using it in the last month or so they've gotten better they've evolved so you know where they're going in another six months or a year is going to be truly you know i, I believe videos coming and all that so um so i want to pause for a second and make sure the listeners got what was just said these tools have been around for 30 days to two months, and we're already at the point where BitSquatch is able to make photos where some of them could easily be mistaken for what is real. BitSquatch, how this, you know, obviously it's exponentially getting better. Are you seeing that it's a thing where sometimes people talk about technology and it's like, you know, every certain amount of time, it's going to increase and increase and increase. Do you mm-hmm. see it's just getting crazier and crazier or or, or what do you see? I, know, I guess there are patterns. I mean, they're refining it. They're refining the algorithm and the, the technology to actually do the render. You mentioned like Dolly and some of these things. The, you, you, the images were fairly crude and you could kind of tell well, that mm-hmm. kind of looks like whatever it yep. is I'm trying to show you. But there's a certain clunkiness to it. and. Um, just recently, the it's it's getting more photorealistic, basically, and you can put in prompts for lenses, for exposure, for film effects, for film grain. Like one of the renderings I did was, you know, there's the uh, infamous case of the uh, 
Sasquatch on videotape uh, raiding the uh, dumpster behind the casino. Oh, sure. Yeah. It was in New Mexico or Arizona or somewhere. And of course, they, people have seen this video, but it's never been publicly released. So I tried to render that and I actually described videotape and things like that. And it actually put distortion videotape kind of uh, noise in the rendering. You know, wow. Because basically, if you specified yeah. it, basically, it'll yeah. do it. And you can also, you can put stuff like I, you know, I tried not to get into a super rabbit hole on this, but it kind of happens. I, I let myself hyper-focus for a few days on it. And then I was like, gotta, gotta pull back and get back into other stuff. But it's like, you can get really crazy. You can do like high definition, uh, as you were saying, the lens types. I mean, literally you are only, um, limited by the knowledge that you might have about how to create images it's right it's if you're a crazy. photographer or what in the industry called an art director and you've art directed photo shoots or you've art directed an illustrator where you're telling yep. a real human sort of what you want and you work with them to get what you want that those skills help in this department in that you're kind of used to going okay you know let me you know, close up, extreme close up, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can describe the weather conditions. You can, you can basically describe anything. And what I think what's so fascinating about this, and I, I'm i in the technology business, you hear a lot about AI and you can't really yep. get your head around AI. And AI is already doing all these things that we can't really touch or see. But in, in these tools, you actually see it come together. And that's when you, and it's kind of breathtaking and also a little scary of what, AI can do like you, you don't know if AI is being used in other ways for like advertising and things you can't you just can't see it but in this case you really do see it as a user of these tools it's truly breathtaking so, I mean sometimes I'll do a prompt and then I'll get a result I'm just like I can't believe what it just did I mean it's like holy sh are there times where for the good of the community you don't release stuff I think you may have already answered this, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, just just yeah. the, the trail cam stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's wild, I man. But it's coming. I, I think I saw Facebook's working on something where you put a prompt in and you get like a five second video. I think oh, uh, they're they're already demoing yep. it now. Like a, a, Adobe Photoshop's building something. So there's going to be a lot of these tools, and I, I think you'll probably be able to do describe videos. At some point, possibly, you know, hey, Patterson Gimlin film, frame one sixty seven, you know, whatever, <laughs> spell it out what you want, totally, and you'll and you'll probably get something that looks pretty good. Uh, another example of how this has it really um, escalated quickly. You know, I I think I asked you to be on the program maybe just a few weeks ago. It feels like it was not that long ago, mm -hmm. and. Since that time, not in our community, but I don't know if you noticed this in the UFO community, what happened last week with AI photography, AI graphics. I, I don't uh, know. Pretty much what happened, someone started making, you know, like the old photographs of the Roswell crash footage with UFOs. Mm -hmm. It is so good, BitSquatch. <laughs> I can't yeah, I tell if it's actually yeah. not historical photographs that were taken. Like, there's no blurriness. It looks 110%. Like, I looked at that and I was like, one, we're in trouble because it's going to get to the point where people figure out, like, how can we, how can we, you know, believe someone anymore where it's like, I got this photograph of a cryptid. Look at this new right. cryptid, you know, or like, Look at this photo I magically uncovered from the estate of fill-in old-school Bigfoot researcher. And look, right. he had this photo all along. You know, like, what are we what can we do, that, man? Well, I've read that they – I don't think this is live yet, so to speak. But uh, they were thinking about putting watermarks or, uh, you know, something to you. a QR code into the image where – you could then reverse engineer potentially where the image came from. I don't believe that's in there now, but yeah, you, I've never tried, but yeah, UFO images would be very simple to easy to, to fake because it's especially blurry old pictures, black and white seventies, you know, chroma, chrome, anything like that. The more 
of course it's just a digital image you know somebody might say well you know show me the picture right you could print it out you know but anyway and you you know how things are now people believe all kinds of stuff so and i guess this ufo thing you mentioned had had gone viral so it's it's about it's going i mean it's going to get silly with political things and god knows what but Oh, I I don't even I I don't even want to think about the political ramifications. You know, it's it's going to be bad enough in the Bigfoot community, which in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's very small, you know, if we but man, the ramifications across the entire, you know, uh scope of human history could be far reaching. Uh you you mentioned a little bit earlier and we were talking about this off camera. So Let's let's put it here. Bitsquatch, where could this go? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, think of the scenario uh, that this could go. Well, you I think people are going to be able to create the images they want to see. And I, I'm sort of Absolutely. getting at that point. And I'm not really sure what that means. But like you, it's instant gratification. So if you train something to show you what you like uh, or what you want to see, um, you know, that, that gets entertainment, all kinds of things. So, um, and that's as, a, as an art, I have an art degree. I, my background is in art. So this is rewarding for me because you have to put the time in, but you're certainly not, I mean, I could sit down with Photoshop and try to draw some of this stuff, but I don't right. have the patience for that. And I wouldn't get it nearly looking as good as what these things look like, but that's, so it's very empowering. Like you, if, if you put the time in as a, as a writer or someone with a tool, and you're, you're driven, you can, you can generate amazing images of, of, just, of anything you want. So I think it's going to open the door up to, you know, with the, what's called the creator community. It, it, on one hand, it democratizes that. It, it, there's very low barriers to entry here. That's the good news and the bad news. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I, I wish there was like everyone could just agree, be a good enough person to say, yes, I made these using dolly and don't be a liar you know like right there's got to be some accountability and the thing is is there's not going to be you know and how can we is there any way right now that we can know a hundred percent that a photo is a is a real like it's if it's real or if it's ai generated is there anything you know that we can well, most, look most at? of these tools have a look and you if you just typed in for instance Sasquatch under a tree or Bigfoot under a tree and the different platforms, you'll, right. you'll get a, a, a real simple rendering and you kind of get an idea of, okay, that's sort of its default look. And then it, it takes a lot of work to sort of craft that into something more compelling. But, um, you know, just about every image I've created, you look at it, it's like, it's obviously fake. There's maybe one or two where it's like, whoa. like <laughs> There's a few where I'm like, <laughs> Ah, it's close, man. It, give it a year; it's gonna be there. Yeah, like one series I've done, and I, you know, I'm a fan of uh, Wes and uh, Sasquatch Chronicles. Sure. But yep, I did the famous uh, Claire episode where the where the, um, the oh, British yeah. woman saw a, a number of Sasquatch on the California coast, and um, that was always a really compelling story. And I thought, well, let me try to do something with this, and. There's something about the atmosphere, the beach, the the sun, the 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 sun in the horizon, and then and then the wetness of the mm -hmm. figures that actually makes it look more real than some of the other things I've done. And so I've done a lot of those because a I, I like what it spits out, um, and then a couple, including there's one in the water that hits, it's a close up of his face, and it's just like, whoa, that's like, the exact one this. I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's it's so wild, man. It is so intense. Um, is there anything like, uh, uh, hidden or anything in the metadata of the, I, I've at? looked, I don't believe there okay. is, um, it doesn't, but it's not, certainly not going to show you, uh, camera metadata where, where a real image would. And I don't, that, I don't know okay. enough about true, true. the meta hacking. If you can hack metadata or not, I don't know. Um, like, could you put photography type metadata, Canon camera in this? I, I don't know if that's possible. Someone else. Oh, that's me. even a, in, um, I didn't even think of that. You could, oh, that, uh, yeah, that could be I don't, crazy. I don't, maybe that's not, I'm not sure if yeah. it's editable or not. I know you can remove right. meta, uh, metadata, but I don't know if you can add it. Hmm. Uh, if, if listeners have uh, 
any thoughts about that, you know, feel free. You can email that in the Bigfoot Society at gmail.com. Um, do you think we'll get to the point where someone will be able to recreate the Patterson Gimlin footage using AI? Yeah, or, or, yeah, or something close. Something I mean, it may even be it. a tool to study it if you look at what. Um, yeah. Who's the guy who did all the analysis of the film? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the proof. It was a uh, History Channel show, right? No, he's the he's a Bill Munns. Oh yeah, um, Bill Munns. He's yep. really dissected it, and you know, people like that, you could possibly use it as a visualization tool to maybe better True. understand. You know, turn the camera around, and I've seen some visualizations like that where they're they're doing like a three D simulation to kind of figure out where was he standing, where was the figure, you know, what was in the background. So things like that, you may be able to, uh, you know, use it to kind of further bring it to life, or, or certainly kind of recreate it in, in either a simplistic way or possibly, you know, very realistic. It's hard to say. Right now, the tool doesn't understand Patty. I've tried to say, "Hey, draw." Patty, no, it doesn't. I tried that it, too. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. know what that is. Um, um, that's an interesting thing. Certain most things are in there. If you if you if you name figures or. Uh, animals or different, you know, understands every now and then you hit a brick wall where it's like, okay, it doesn't, you have to describe it another way. I bet though, in the future, it will. Yeah, I believe you can train know. it. I saw one of these special effects guys, uh, YouTubers, who I'm not sure which platform they were using, but he he got it to understand his face and his likeness. And oh, then he wow. was able to make things, you know, featuring himself doing things so i you know right now the only thing you could do i believe is like people who are famous on the internet basically where there's multiple pictures of them published right exactly um do you think it's important for people listening to this to get to be able to be familiarized with how to use these programs know how to do it themselves is there any uh, value in that do you think yeah, and there's as you mentioned earlier, there's like a, a a cottage industry of people helping you with what's called True. prompt crafting, and even True. certain tools they encourage you to share. When you share your image, you're you're supposed to share your prompt, and um, and so basically you can look at someone else's image and go, oh, how did they do that? And then you actually mm -hmm. can copy their copy, and certain tools will either recreate it exactly or give you something close, and then you can kind of iterate from there. Interesting. Have you ever played around? I saw this uh, the other day on a platform where they were taking uh, album art and they were expanding on it. Have you seen that? No, but dude, it was know, wild. like album covers is sort of a yes. little genre in the in the AI community of making either satirical or you know. Uh, I was trying to do like a a, a '70s van with like a Frank Frazetta Bigfoot painting on the oh screen. nice I, yeah yeah i did i couldn't i couldn't make it work but i was like that's one of the things i was trying to do and he did like the molly hatchet cover you know with the viking guy nice. back in the day i've had it i've been able to get it to reproduce the frank frazetta mothman pretty close <laughs> which is like that's so niche but it was <laughs> on it dude it was it was all about it i was like oh wow. what is going on this is crazy um yeah mm. yeah you know it's funny I, I tell my kids this like you know growing up in the 70s you know, like somebody like frazetta or there were a couple of like concept artists uh there was a guy who dealt star wars stuff you know that was that's mm -hmm. all you could see in the, in the world of you know fantasy or science fiction or whatever there were just these paintings or drawings you, you there was no special effects there was no Nothing. And, you know, these some of these guys, and I think that's the industry this is going to impact the most, uh, you know, the whole idea of a concept artist, a guy who does a visualization sure. yep. or a movie scene or book cover. And I, and I believe some of these concept artists are moving to use the platform. I read somewhere uh, certain artists are using it to generate backgrounds because they don't want to feel like drawing a background. So they'll just say, you know, whatever, California mountains at sunset and boom, you'll get something very quickly. You can drop in your piece. And a colleague of mine was using the tool. I showed him the tool and he was using it to do some visualizations, some storyboards for a music video he was working on. Um, so, you know, it's really, and, and people have produced comic books, I think already using uh, mid journey and um, oh, wow. stable diffusion. 
yes, it's a little. This is the, the the thing about the tool is you tell it what you want and you don't really get exactly what you want. That's sort of the mm-hmm. the not yet. It's frustrating and the, the wonderful thing about it, you actually you get something very interesting and great. It's just not literally exactly what you're sort of picturing in your mind's eye, and that's what's so fun about it. It's just a little bit infuriating about it, but you sort of have to you, you get more than you lose there. So like I'm constantly surprised. We're like, wow, I would have never thought of that. Like whatever it just came up with. And I've, I've seen talk in the creative community. That's what people are saying. It's like, hey, from a compositional standpoint, from a layout, from a framing photographers, like this is this thing's very inventive. Mm. And I can use it. I can use it for ideas, for storyboards, then go out and create a real piece of artwork or photograph or what have you. Have you thought of, you know, we 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 don't want the whole interview to be like hey watch out for the have you thought of like what are there's got to be some like good positive uses of things uh of you know using uh, something like ai oh yeah, yeah. No, like it, what are the positive uh, things no, that you can, can come you out you can of create this? anyone can create visually interesting graphics and artwork it's amazing it's very empowering and if you can mm. type a sentence you can get art back and like everybody, you can even just use three words and it's, and occasionally it, it's usually the shorter the prompt, the much more random it is, but you'll be surprised. Everybody's going to have a piece of art that they've created on these tools that they like, that they could blow up and hang on their wall or whatever. It's, it's within 10 minutes of using it, you can get something that you like. That, that is really cool. Away. Yeah. That that's cool. So it's empowerment. I like that. Um, what is what in your opinion is the easiest one to use if if after this interview people are like yeah i want to take you know check it out and take a swing at it what's what's this one is a that good they question. could there's yeah. so many i know I, for for bit squatch i've been primarily using mid journey and you have okay. to get an account on discord and then you have to get uh, a mid journey but you can get a free account you have to jump through a few hoops mm-hmm. and then on things like stable diffusion you can install them on your own machine or there's front ends to get to them through websites and things. And, and those all vary in terms of how much you can do for free. And at some point you have to pay. And, and the good thing about these tools that are sort of managed is they do have moderation built in. So they're looking out for, uh, you know, political stuff and just people okay, to, good. to no good. That's good. Um, but you can apparently, I have never done this, you can install certain tools, I believe like stable diffusion. If you have an NVIDIA card or a PC, you can run it locally. Yeah. You do need some technical knowledge to do that. I I haven't even tried, but um, most of these are, are basically browser based. That's what I was talking about. Like you're texting a robot. You're literally putting Mm -hmm. a text prompt in a box on a web browser and hitting submit. So, and then a minute later you get an image. So Mid Journey, uh, Stable Diffusion, and Dolly. I, I haven't actually used Dolly. And I, I Googled this this morning. There's, there's already several dozen tools. Uh, so who knows? There's all kinds of stuff out there. When you say uh, tools, is, is that is that something completely different from like Dolly? No, no, meaning the, the, okay. no, sev- several dozen AI to art, uh, text ah, to gotcha. art, okay. Okay. image generators. Yeah. And I think there's going to be more. Wow. And I would imagine, you know, people are going to commercialize it and they're already charging access for some of them. But like, oh, sure. The easier, the easier they are to use, you know, those might be software service or something you buy, like from Adobe mm-hmm. or something. Wouldn't that be wild if in the future it's like part of Adobe's creative cloud is like AI photo generation? I've seen it in other places already. I've seen it. um I'm not going to mention names because I can't remember them, but I have seen it where in one of them where it was like part of your AI, um, you know, uh, article generation. Now you can generate photos. So it's definitely start to it's proliferating throughout the entire, you know, everything. Do you think it could get to the point where people could have like create Bigfoot eyewitness reports through AI? generation uh talking i guess this is more about no no, this is a good uh yeah uh twist because apparently there are tools i've never used them that generate text generate stories i read something just the other day where i'm not sure who has this tool but it can look at someone talking telling a story for 
only like 10 seconds and then it'll fill in the rest of the story. Oh my um, goodness. So again, it's probably AI is probably sucked in all text on the internet. <laughs> so then it understands here's what story structure is. Here's common themes. You know, here's, so if you said, tell me a nursery rhyme or whatever, it would probably, it could probably write something. And I don't know if you saw this thing, Google was working on that, uh, uh, what do they call it? There was like a a, a text-based uh, personality that you interacted with, and they're trying to really yes simulate. And they, one of the Google engineers claims this thing's alive; that has consciousness. That got weird, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and there's a term for that. I can't remember what it's called. When all of a sudden we crossed the, the threshold, but they're just saying no. It's actually just really good at talking to you, and you've been duped. Uh, but he he's insisting it's it, it's more than that. Another fun thing I stumbled upon is um, there's a program out there, uh, I think it's Descript, where pretty much it's a transcription program based off AI. But the cool thing about it, or horrifying, is you can feed it a few hours of your own voice. It has to be your own yeah. voice talking. Yeah. And then it learns, the AI learns your voice, so then you can mm -hmm. type out words and an AI version of your own voice will say it. Mm -hmm. You can think about the ramifications for that if they're his, historical or famous figures that have multiple hours of uh, audio available on the internet. I mean, you know, it's yeah. some crazy stuff. But no, uh, even for this interview, I was going, I just didn't have time to pull it together, but there's a, my son informed me there's vloggers, virtual video loggers who use virtual avatars as their visual presence and they're talking in real time and the avatar is moving and eye tracking oh and animated and i was going to try to set up a some sort of bit squatchy version of that i just just didn't have time and didn't understand the technology awesome. to do it maybe we can do that in a future yeah exactly future episode i mean i am actually really interested in technology as it's used in the study of Bigfoot, and I believe you've had one of these guys on. You know, there's the there's all these people doing the mapping stuff with GIS. Yeah, I've had a, a few of sightings. those uh, guys in. Yeah, yep. I think an opportunity would be, and it, something like this used to exist. Take so much is happening with these oral histories. You know, the Sasquatch Chronicle type stories. And none of this is written down. It's just you hear a recording of someone describing, you know, a mm. sighting and encounter, and they describe all kinds of behaviors and the conditions. If we could index these things and tag them based on these parameters, where was it? What did it look like? What did it do? What behaviors did you observe? Just just using simple tagging, you can then like pull up. Well, show me. Let me read about all uh, episodes involving a, oh, a woodnut or whatever. I'm making that yeah. up. Or I, when that comes to mind is a hunter was looking through a rifle scope and he saw the creature make the woodnut type noise with its mouth. And yep. he clicked. He clicked his tongue, or he used his teeth, or something. This is what he thought he saw happening. So, you know, have other people seen this? You know, if you if you tagged all these sightings and these descriptions, we could pull up very quickly. You know, what's what's happening in the old days in the you know, Krantz or whatever. The, everybody these sightings were all in books. Well, now they're all just right. audio on either YouTube or in podcasts. Wow. So it's just tremendous. I spend time listening to these when I'm working or driving. I mean, they're fascinating, but a lot of great information is getting put on the table. It's just hard to pull it all together. And and if we somebody just sat down, of course, maybe to transcribe this, you could use software to do it. Yep. Then index, okay, what are they talking about? What, what are the parameters that I can key off of? Then you could create some sort of like relational database of, you know, citing conditions, behaviors, appearances, et cetera. That would be a tremendous undertaking, but I think it'd be very, very beneficial for the community. I mean, if someone wants to run with that, dude. <laughs> yeah, somebody, please, do it. That would be it amazing. Be I don't know how many years it's going to take. And the thing is, it's like there's so much content being generated daily just in the right. Bigfoot community alone. It's intense. It is intense to keep up with, dude. No, it is. I don't know. But and just filtering it and separating the wheat from yes, the chaff is boring. Exactly. And that's the thing that's really changed. You know, 20 years ago, there was Bigfoot forums and there was a few little things here oh, and yeah. there. And there was a lot of negativity, a lot of trolling. People were slammed. There was all kinds of showboating and just idiocy. 
and it wasn't a it wasn't a very conducive environment to actually learn anything or share any mm-hmm. kind of information. Now, thanks to people like yourself, thank and you, Wes, and all the many yep. people out there, they're they're letting people, you know, and then you have experts on who actually talk about things they're doing, things they've observed in the field. Exactly. You can you can really put. I still want people to take this for granted. This has really just happened, I think, in the last couple of years, and it's it's a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But we're in so much of a better place today than uh, just a, you know fifteen years ago. Yeah, and and I I appreciate that you know you are one of the people that that see that because that is one of the big goals that I have through this is to help create a better community where people can work together uh, in you know, pretty much work towards, you know, figuring out what this, this creature or this animal or what, what is going on, you know, and pretty much go across uh, lines that have been drawn in the past. Um, Bitsquatch, is there a, what places do you recommend? What resources do you recommend if, if people want to learn more about how to use uh, this, um, this AI software, or is it a thing where it's so new you have to figure it out as you go along? Uh, well, get your platform of choice, and then you just Google it, and there's guides. Okay. Uh, sometimes the, yep. tools, the tools have uh, forums and message boards built in. I know MidJourney does. You can you, people, people There's threads where people are discussing prompting and how to do certain kinds of things, uh, portraits or environments. I, I did read the other day, like architects are using it. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, someone told me fashion designers are now using it to create patterns and fabrics. There's just a, there's a lot of actual commercial application. Mm-hmm. So people, and there's a number of YouTube, there's all kinds of YouTube uh, videos on it. Uh, but you, if you read these forums or these uh, websites, you can actually get the text, the prompts. You can copy and paste and literally start with someone else's prompt and then sort of refine. Exactly. Exactly. This has been a really enlightening discussion of BitSquatch. Thank you so much for coming on. Before we start to head out, is there any other things that you wish we would have uh, covered that's important to know, or you think this is a good introduction? Uh, no, it's a good introduction. I I want to talk about Bigfoot more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. What do you think Bigfoot is? Oh, boy. Uh, I definitely think it's flesh and blood. Some kind okay. of uh, primate, hominoid. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an animal that eats, sleeps, poops. Uh, it's in the woods doing something. How it's evaded all of us for so long is sort of the ultimate mm. mystery. Um, you know, I was watching one of these cable shows and they had a tracker and he was like in South America and he was tracking some kind of big cat. And um, okay. he was able to find it, but he had this great quote. He said, if this animal was just a little bit smarter, let's say as smart as a chimp, I would never be able to find it like ever. And that really stuck with me. Like, wait a second, you know what, if this thing is as smart as we think it is, mm-hmm. and obviously is a master of its environment, well, clearly it, it's great at, you know, stealth, hide and seek, moving quietly, whatever, that would explain how is it doing this? Like, you know, is it, does it, it doesn't need caves. It doesn't need to teleport. It doesn't need to go underground. It doesn't need to do all the things people sort of project onto it. It's just really good at mastering its environment and invading us. And here's this coming a mile away or whatever, you know, that's, that's, but also the conundrum, like the more you dig into this, and um, and there's been guys like Project Go and See, and you read the sightings, you realize how widespread this damn thing is. It's like it's it's in a lot of places where it only has the most minimal amount of wood cover, deer population, and fairly close to humans in many cases, which makes the fact that it's still out of touch, out of reach, even more like infuriating like how can this possibly be happening like right it's, it's, it's they're kind of at odds with each other but um that's what's really kind of intrigued me just recently more sightings are coming out from very credible people of particularly in the south there's just a lot of activity um in just semi-rural areas that it's not like you don't have to go up to the you know deep in the pacific northwest or something it just needs some cover some water and some some game 
And I believe I read some stats somewhere that like there's more deer today than there was a hundred years ago. There's like 20 times more deer because mm-hmm. people are feeding them, you know, with, with the plots mm-hmm. and everything. So mm-hmm. you sort of create, and at the same time, it's a massive habitat destruction. It still might be a, you know, target rich environment in terms of wild hogs, deer. There's just so much going on out there for these things to feed off of potentially. And I'm, I'm no naturalist. This is strictly my, my own conjecture here right right do you uh have you ever thought about going out yourself to try to uh look at it or are you pretty comfortable <laughs> I, with, uh... I did go I have a funny story um, okay right it was 2005 in july and i had my young son with me i i was really into it i'd been reading you know lauren coleman and he has this great book uh apes and a true story of apes in america oh, yeah. and i was just looking at BRFO and looking at all the sighting reports. And we took a vacation to South Carolina on the coast. So, and I said, look, one day I'm going to take my son. We're going to go, you know, look for Bigfoot, quote unquote. So I did Mm -hmm. the research. I found a sighting and it was, you know, 45 minutes north of where we were staying. So I went to the, it was like Francis Marion National Forest. And I'm driving, we had a minivan, you know, so I got my son, we were in camo. It was partly just put on, hey, let's do this, have some fun. So we, you know, I had done the research, like, okay, this is potentially, and it was, we went during the daytime, but we drove, he's in the backseat watching Scooby-Doo the whole time. We finally get there. We go through a small town. We're out in the woods. We're in this marshy area. And I'm like, okay, this looks pretty, pretty squatchy, so to speak. So we finally get to the end of this dirt road and there's a trail. This is apparently where the sighting had happened that was in the BRFO report. There was a trail going through this kind of marshy, woody area and when we pulled up to it and I looked down this trail, it looked like a tunnel going through this oh, dark, wow. congested, kind of creepy looking thing. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, we're here. And he was like, no way. He would not get out of the car. He was crying. He's screaming. Like, okay. Oh, wow. And so I was like so frustrated. Like, okay, I spent all this time. Here's my big outing. So I said, tell you what, I talked to my son. I said, can I just get out of the car and like walk around? You'll, see, you'll be able to see me. And he's like, okay. So I get out of the car. This is the end of a, a cul-de-sac, a dirt road. And it had just been raining for the last couple of days. And I'm looking around. I'm looking down. The, I mean, I'm just trying to make something out of nothing. And I look on the ground. And God damn it, there is a, looks like this big ass footprint. No way. It, did, it didn't have toes, but it had oh, wow. that classic shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was big. So I had my oh, camera. Man. I took the picture. I took my shoe off. I put it next to it. And I was like, well, thank God I got out. And so then I'm still looking at it. Well, here comes this other car. The guy drives right over it. <laughs> oh, much as nice. It. Yeah, but perfect, like, bud. I had taken ah. a picture. So I sent it into the beer okay. They called me back. I said, look. Oh, cool. There, there was no toes or anything. But I was like, this, this is in an yeah. area where there was a sighting. This sort of looks like one. It was certainly big enough. But I felt gratified. Like, okay, I'm one for one. You know, and this was July <laughs> yeah, 2005. Katrina hit two months later. Mm. And that put an end to my big footing for... Okay. Quite a yeah. long time. So I had to get wow. on to other things. Keeping up with this stuff, you know, even as a hobby, is, is almost the, I don't want to say it's a full time job, but it's just something. It's pretty intense, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think you know, armchair researchers get slagged, and I, I, I don't consider myself one of those, but the point is you can keep up with what's going on. There's so much good information out there. You can, you know, develop at least some kind of working body of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That has, you know, practical impacts for this, you know, pursuit of this hobby or whatever you want to call it. Do you have any other uh, uh, favorite resources that have been helpful over the last few years? I, I know you mentioned the Lauren Coleman book, but anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, I, I was really interested at first in the classics. And uh, Bobby Short had that, I believe mm. she's passed away, but she had a website called Bigfoot Encounters and it's still yep. there. And that's got all the classics in the Ape Canyon and all that. That's that was a lot of fun. And then now, nowadays, it's 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 channels like yourself, all the interviews, the Sasquatch mm. Chronicles, some of yeah. these YouTubers. Yeah, um, that's where kind of all the action is. And you sort of have to, you know, see what kind of suits your fancy. Some of it's better than others, but um, you know, I appreciate the time these people put in, even though yourself, you know. No one's getting paid doing this. Uh, no, it's a, it's a passion project. <laughs> it it really is. Yeah, it is. Yep, I totally, 
totally right. It's a, it's a positive vibe of just sharing information. And I think that's really, again, needs to be commended because at one point that really wasn't happening. But, um, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it's, I mentioned Southern Bigfooters, you know, one guy I really loved and he just recently passed away, Kerry Arnold. Oh, yeah. You know, from Mississippi. What a good dude. Um, yep. That story was really uh, compelling. It kind of got me back into the subject because mm. there was so much bitterness and negativity back in the day. It was easy to get burnt out in the hoaxing and the you know the refrigerator and all the stuff that happened. Right, just like I can't deal with this. But then this, you see somebody like that tell that story, and it's like, whoa, you know, this is Mike Woolley. You know, these people are very uh, powerful speakers. They're obviously very genuine their life's been changed by this this isn't like a joke and mm. it's it, it it just kind of pulls you in even further so good yeah bit squatch it has been a a pleasure talking to you um thanks for for also just chatting about bigfoot in general i think in the future the way that this ai stuff is progressing i i could see us easily chatting you know, maybe a year down the road or having some sort of follow-up episode if you'd be up for that. But um, sure, yeah, this has been extremely enlightening. But thanks for coming on and uh, and oh, helping thanks. tell. Well, I, have, I do have one question what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the first you messaged me right away, and you said, yes. you had this great quote. You said, "Who is this?" And you had like an exclamation point. I, I was like, "Who is who is this guy?" I was like, "This better not just be like the Moth Boys hanging out, right?" Like. Like, who did you think it was? I, you know, I had no idea. I okay. had no idea. I didn't know how to but read I was that. Like, I was like, I was flattered by the question, but I was like, you know. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. But it was just like, you know, when I first saw your account, I was like, this is such an interesting combination of a, you know, rapidly accelerating science plus cryptozoology and i gotta get what the story on this is so i'm glad that you were cool with coming on and uh yeah, it has been a fun chat bisquatch do you mind taking a few minutes uh reminding people how they can keep up to date with what you what you're all uh doing yeah i just have uh two channels right now the instagram channel called bitsquatch so if you search uh, Instagram, you'll find that. And I had an older account that that's been retired and you'll, it'll say, Hey, we moved. If you find the wrong one, okay, it'll link to the new one. And then I have a Twitter, same thing with BitSquatch. And I think you'll post the links, but exactly. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Instagram is the main thing. I, I get on Twitter and just kind of goof around, but Instagram is where I'm posting the images as, as they're the ones that are kind of worthy to be shown. It's been, for every image posted, I have dozens, sometimes hundreds. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, you have to I'm iterate sure. to kind of get to get where you're with something worth showing. So definitely go over follow Bitsquatch on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but I mean, you're not going to find images like this anywhere else. So get in on Bitsquatch. Uh, it's a good time. It's enlightening. But thank you so much for coming on again, sir. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or 